You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. In today's episode, we are going to recap the Coaches on the Couch that was recorded on the last 29th of September with coach Philip Hattis and coach Alan Ward, where they discussed a little bit about the traces of a successful athlete. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have fun. Before we get started on discussing how we can become more successful, let's just try and understand what is it that makes a successful athlete. So, Alan, success, how, how do we define that? Uh, well... I don't, I don't generally find that we do define it. We get asked to define it all of the time. Um, but I think the really important thing is that athletes themselves define it. Um, it's a very weird year this year. And one of my reflections actually on this year is that actually I think the coaches have been leading goal setting a little bit more, which has been an interesting switcheroo. Um, normally the process is for athletes to come and go, I would love to break this time for this race or achieve this or do this or complete this or qualify for this or that um and those are kind of the or you know win is obviously the other one um the so those are kind of the demands if you like that we get in terms of success um so but what is it that makes those athletes successful i guess it's hitting those goals or extending and exceeding them as well. Yep, very true. Always good to remember that one. Um, but I think that's that's kind of it, really. Would you add any more? No, I, I think every athlete has to determine their own level of success. I mean, when when working with an athlete, kind of you, you sit there and you say, okay, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? And it might be, well, I'm trying to do my first triathlon. I'm doing my first Ironman. I'm trying to break a certain time i want to try and qualify for an age group i want to try and run this off the bike it doesn't matter there's a very clear goal and we can go into goal setting i guess in a second but that's the goal in performance sport you can win or lose a goal by a matter of millimeters or hundreds and hundreds of seconds i mean we saw the um olympics with nicholas brugge you know winning when it was down to not even a photographic finish it was ridiculously close and mm. so you know races are won and lost so goals are achievable or they're not you can be successful or you can't be and i think it's really important for athletes to take ownership off that but like what that actually means that that means that you to be successful you have to achieve this you can be going down a route which is going towards success and i think there's a whole conversation which I know we're going to get into around that, but it has to be black and white. It can't be wishy-washy. It can't be, you know, oh, well, I'd quite like to do a little bit here. And you know, this is what I'm trying to do. It has to be, this is what I'm trying to do, pass or fail, nothing in between, very, very clear. And then you can start determining success. And, you know, some people might say success is still being in the sport 10 years you know winning in the sport say 10 years after starting winning uh, others might say success is being able to um you know run a half marathon and, and 
and not really think much more about that that's part of a daily routine or almost you know success could be all sorts of different things but you have to be able to be very clear about what it is because if you're not clear how do you know if you've been successful that's funny because i'm uh, i'm sat here my question the question in my mind is is success an exclusively binary thing so you say you're you're saying that it has to be pass fail but so for example was nicholas Birig a failure i can't remember who won lisa lisa norden for example was second i think was the yeah. outcome of that was so was lisa norden a failure in that instance if her goal was to try and win a gold medal at the olympic games she didn't do it you know i remember speaking to um some of both of my brothers were very keen rowers who so we went to the henry royal regatta and uh, you do bump into some people who've got some pretty cool gb flags on their blazers around there and usually after a couple of drinks you start talking to to various people and hear their stories and uh, i remember the guy very clearly said you know we lost it i think it was atlanta um yeah. he happened to have a silver medal to his name but he lost he didn't do it. They didn't win. That was it. Was very very straightforward. Um, I, I think, like with anything, there needs to be very clear measurements of how you're getting towards success. I mean, business. You talk about key performance indicators, and, and actually, within uh, I guess within training and coaching, we sort of use similar um, conversations, sub goals, you know, targets, aims, whatever they may be, to try and keep things on track. Um, but in reality, there has to be a very clear concise aim at what you're trying to do otherwise it's too simple um thinking about another sport again i think it was greg norman uh was playing golf and he um he was with a caddy and uh, the caddy said oh you just need to aim for those trees over there um, and that's you know that's where your shot needs to go aim for those trees over there and his answer with a lot of trees was which tree it wasn't sort of a kind of you're just aiming towards the trees it's i'm going for a tree pretty much a leaf on that tree that's what i'm aiming for I need to know because that's how that's how I know I'm going in the right direction. So okay. that clarity and direction, I think, is really important. So the clarity of the goals is important. It's interesting because we've immediately spoken about things that are a certain type of goal there. And that's that's that um, it's a leading question with regards to the binary nature of success and failure. Because the you know outcome goals that we've spoken about there with regards to winning, losing, and Greg Norman's a slightly different example, but I agree. Like if you if you're not first, you haven't won. Um, if that's your aim of being successful. Yeah, exactly. So the the it begs the question: Is that is that the most important thing? Your your question there. I think it. If you're trying to determine what your success is, it doesn't have to be winning a race. You don't have to sit there and say, you know, I need to win a gold medal. There's only ever going to be one of those in your gender winning and racing. You know, there'll be one female champion, one male champion at the um, um, at the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, so you, you you can't do anything else in the Paralympics. Obviously, there'll be your category in your age group. There's your age group. Um, but there's only ever going to be one winner in that category so you you can only do as good as you can sit there so if you're not someone who's going to be going towards those areas and you're looking somewhere else you still need to have your measure of success okay. um so, so it's it, it still outcome orientated because that is sort of where people go what we try and do as coaches i think is we turn that into okay well how do we get there and we talk about the journey hmm. 
So what does other types of success look like? Because I think it would be both, both clear, like there's not just winning and losing. There are lots of other types of success. So what are they? So I, I, I mean, if I were to determine uh, a successful athlete uh, for myself, <laughs> I guess it would be very different to what I think you'd say is a successful athlete. Um, you know, this isn't a conversation around who are the world's greatest athletes. There's some great conversations around which are the greatest sports teams. Um, mm. And if you if you start having those, those are conversations because there's no clear outcome goal. There's not a kind of, well, the, to be the most successful team, you need to have done this, this, and this. There's no no one set that up as a, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Um, people, I, I think, need to, decide what it is that they want to do in their measure of success so it might be as simple as i want to go and do my first triathlon mm. there's a very simple pass fail there by the way did i get to the finish line or did i not yes <laughs> it's as simple as that um but it's a really clear goal it's a really clear measure of success and you may decide later that actually i want to go and do something different uh, i want to go do an olympic distance instead of a sprint um but you know that, cl that clarity on what is success is um is still there Mm. Um, so I guess it, it depends what what you want to try and do to get there. So you know, if you're looking, I don't know, let's take. I mean, if you're someone who's doing a bit of a general exercise, you know, how do you get to the point where your measure of success is your first, I don't know, is a, a standard distance triathlon? Let's just say. Okay, so it's difficult not to blur the lines into a conversation around goal setting. So I think like the, the short answer to cover that side of things off is to, like you say, to be, to make it really specific, something that you can clearly measure and something that you, you, you've got written down and isn't um, in any way debatable. So, you know, like your example there, I would like to finish my first, I think you said sprint distance triathlon. You, you either do finish or you don't finish and there's a date when you're going to do it and that's it it's really clear cut and that can be put into many different things so like having that really clear cut definition of what you want to do is is really important and that that gives a clarity of purpose to to all athletes and and that trickles down into every decision and action that that athlete and that coach takes because it's re it's really it's re it's really clear what's going on so if that if that definition of success is in place, whatever that success might look like, be it a, a race finish, a, you know, completion of distance, breaking a time, for example, um, or like stepping up in distance and going from short course to middle distance or middle distance to long distance or whatever it might be, um, or qualifying for a race, be that um short course age group wells or Kona or you know whatever it might be so if that's in place then that's it really that's what makes a successful athlete isn't it just just doing that or not doing that should we stop the conversation there or is there more to it well I think once you've identified what that um that le measure of success is kind of what what is being successful um, I think we have to make the point that we kind of have, but it is purely dependent on that individual. Um, so your, your personal success is your personal success. But to be successful, 
and this is where this conversation for today has to start looking to is well how can i be successful and your example well the example we put forward i guess about sprint distance triathlon is very very straightforward because you start saying well you've got your sub goals you've got your different directions that you want to do if you if you're wanting to do your first ever sprint distance triathlon you need to be able to swim you need to be able to ride a bike and you need to be able to run well actually you just need to be able to locomote on two feet or one foot if you've got it um you know you just need to be able to do swim bike and run walk um so you know you, clearly those are immediately some sub goals then you have to be able to sit through some certain cutoffs but you can start breaking that down i really like what you said there about everything needs to link into that and goals you know we talked about i think before and this the fact that every every individual session that you do every rep that you do within a session has to feed back into that overall goal because it ha that is fundamentally important but the thing that we need to sit on is that you have to do the training we can have this fantastic goal we can have this fantastic plan of where we're wanting to go to and how we want to get there but there's a bit which means that you have to do it <laughs> so i guess one part of being successful is defining it the other part of it is doing it <laughs> and then there's a bit of an iterative process which is actually looking into well what happens you know if you, you, you went for it you tried it you didn't manage to get to that finish line your first sprint distance let's have a look and see why and then there's a learning process going in there and then you you make another plan and then you you go forwards again with it um but there's definitely a, a personal responsibility no one else can achieve that level of success except for you everyone is there with you but no one else can do it for you yeah yeah so like the the ownership and uh i guess like being empowered as well to do that or feeling empowered to do that um is is really important so like if an athlete sets that goal i from a coaching point of view, I find it very difficult and I to when athletes sort of says, like, you know, what do you think I should do? That's that's gets it gets onto like tricky ice. If it's a short term or you know, medium term question, you know, what do you think was the best thing to do to get towards that longer term goal? That's really different. But it's like if you know what almost like what's my purpose of doing if an athlete's asking you to define what's the purpose of me doing this what is my motivation of doing this why you know why do you think i should do this then that's like well you've almost lost already and it's you know the really successful athletes are the ones coming to you and i want to do this make it happen that's, that's great i know you know i know exactly where to steer this now and then if you get those kind of short term medium term questions with regards to what races do you think I should do in, you know, well, that's in order to achieve this. Yeah, exactly. That's a really different conversation. But if this seemed, if it all gets a bit vague, then that, that's really hard. And it's really hard for the athlete. And I think them having clarity of purpose, but also, you know, it being something that's really personal. Because I think the thing is when, it doesn't matter what the level of success is. If you if you're setting the goal to do something that you want to succeed at, it has a inherent level of challenge. It doesn't matter what it is like. So, from completing your first sprint distance, for somebody who's choosing that, that is hard. And there's no different to somebody who's coming to coaching or coming to the sport or whatever and saying, "I want to qualify for Kona." It's it doesn't really matter. It's it's just relevant to the individual in question. 
it's hard for them. And um, but uh, when when you know when it gets hard in training, which it will do because it's the, whatever we're saying, the the you know the getting to that success is hard. There will be a bit during training where it's hard. It might be getting up to do whatever. It could be a twenty-minute run. It could be a two-hour swim session. It, it again, it doesn't matter. It's the getting your backside out of bed that's hard. And if you don't have a response, I want to do this, and that's why I'm doing it. That's when you stay in bed, and that's when things like you you said a minute ago that you set your goal and you do the work and you achieve it. But if you don't have the answer for when it gets hard, the work doesn't get done and you don't achieve it. So I think we can definitely say that having a clear purpose or goal is a critical factor to becoming successful in whatever it is that you're trying to do. Because if you don't know what that critical goal is, you haven't got success. But the interesting other side of it is if you haven't got that goal or you can't find a goal that you're wanting to do, there's a question of motivation uh, in there as well. You know, you're not going to be motivated to try and achieve said goal if, you don't, if you're not really too sure what you're doing or why you're doing it. That purpose needs to be there, because otherwise it gets hard. You know, It gets darker in the mornings, it gets darker in the evenings, especially now. We've just passed the autumn equinox. So we're going to see some uh, darker nights and um, seasonal affective disorder might start taking over a few people. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, the two key words for me are the, the why and the purpose. If you, if they the same, got, the same they're, they're kind of the same thing. Well, yeah, I guess we could we could carry on that conversation with the definition of why purpose, but let's just avoid that's sidestep that one because you are right. Um, ish. Um, but yeah, that's really important. And then the next step in terms of success is well, you'll always get this is like, well, how am I going to do it? And and what's that going to look like? And I think then that starts to bring in questions about what the reality of that looks like. I think that's an, there's an interesting play on that because sometimes, you know, coaches, they, and I think every coach is guilty of this at some point um, in their lifetime of coaching and probably more often than we really want to admit. That coach, same athlete who came up to us originally and said, I want to go and do sprint distance triathlon, then decides to say, actually, my real goal is that I want to go and try and qualify um, for Kona and win my age group at Kona. There's clearly a very difference between going to your first triathlon and, and maybe not too sure if you can get to the finish line and wanting to win your age group overall at Kona in a very different distance. Yeah. I, one of the things which I think I've learned from athletes over the years is that there's no reason why anyone can't do that. If that's what they're wanting to try and achieve, there are going to be some clear things that need to happen for that to take place um, and that may not be something which an athlete is able to do or get to or anything else but there are clear steps and hurdles which someone needs to get over to go and do those things I, i've talked before about um, about it in coaching where it's not so much you know we if there was a formula if there was a magic you know, way of doing things then every single athlete would eventually become a world champion and that would be the end of it so that doesn't exist uh, sorry, guys. There's <laughs> there's no such thing. We can't can't get away with it. But what we can do as a coach is try and increase the probability or the likelihood of that outcome 
being something which does actually occur. And I think with, with athletes like that, if you ask what you, you decide your goal is, that's fine. But you need to bring the time factor into where that goal sits. So it might be something you can aspire to try and do, but you need to be very realistic about this. You're probably five or six years away from it. And then motivation becomes very interesting because you need to have that real deep burning desire um, that that is what you want to do in order to get there. You know, pe people well, probably more than five or six years, to be honest with you, that, with that goal. But, you know, people don't go to the Olympics um, necessarily easily first time in their first attempt and first trying. You know, that's another four year cycle before they get to go again. And that's at the pinnacle of the sports. Um, I'm sure you've seen people I know you, you, you when you're down in Plymouth from a diving perspective um I've seen um train with some people who you know were desperately trying to get to the Olympics and they were looking to try and get different directions um and then one of them I know um eventually did qualify but did it under a different nationality because they were so determined that that was their goal they were finding the way that they could get to get there and they were finding every single avenue and they did they managed it they succeeded to go to the Olympics um, which is what they wanted to do. And, and that was delayed by four years at one point. Well, we even, I guess it would have been five years because of the fact that it was um, you know, qualifying for it and then wait and then go again. So, you know, there was five years between this first sort of saying, I'm wanting to go and do it, I've got a chance, it's what I need to do, to having another go. And that, that determination, I think, is really important to see with athletes. That, that goal, that, that level of success is really, really strong. It just it links back to the clarity of purpose and being you know really clear on what you want to achieve there. But I think it also paints a picture of what the how looks like, and the how looks like a you know a variable time commitment depending on your goals. But the how inevitably always ends up ends up looking like trial and error. What you said there about the athlete just trying to find the avenue. You know, like you keep going down various streets to find dead ends and then they go down the street of another country and that gets them to the Olympics. And and that's that is trial and error in action. But it, it's also the same in. In having a go at stuff, so if, if, if you want to do a certain time in a, in a sprint distance triathlon, for example, but you've never done one, we well, need to have a go at one first of all to trial things to learn out to learn where you are and you know inevitably there will be some error in there to a greater or lesser degree um and then you go and have another go and that's that's kind of how how that how works without going into the specific detail um and successful athletes I would say are the ones that keep doing that. So there's a real interesting conversation that we definitely need to start having around the desire and willingness to fail. Yeah. Because what you've just said means that as an athlete, if you want to get good or better than where you currently are, if you want to reach that level of success that you've personally decided is a level of success that you need to do, the only way you're going to get there is through failure. If it's very, 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 very unlikely that you're going to go out there and you're going to nail it first time at every single thing, be it training sessions or otherwise. So if you're an athlete who wants to 
have a success, then you need to fail. If you're not failing, you are not progressing almost. The, 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 it brings me it, it brings me down. It's really interesting because I start thinking about the top level guys. And I think about Alistair Browning, for example, Beijing. He got off that bike as a, as a young nobody and he went with them for 6K. He was like, I want a gold medal at some point. I'm going to go with these guys. And I don't care if I blow up because I'm, I want to get a gold medal one day. And he did blow up. But, you know, four years later, he did rather well. Um, eight years later, he did rather well too. Um, but he was willing to have a go in that situation and willing to fail. I think the really difficult thing is that when some athletes look towards other athletes, it's very easy, especially in you know the world that we live in, to just see success. We talk about social media where it's everybody's positive highlights real. And I know there's a bit of a thing in the last, I don't know what the time period is, but in the last period of time where people actually start to you know, do real world versus Instagram or whatever it happens to be. And I think there's almost a real world, uh, maybe, you know, highly successful athletes can, you know, post pictures of themselves on the bad days and the failures that have got them there. Um, because I think if we look at all successful athletes and ask them to to talk about this, they, you know, like I think you're quite right. They'd be able to pick up. They'd be able to pick up plenty of failures that, to tell us about. There's a fantastic um, someone. I know who they are, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna highlight them on on live Facebook Live. It's gonna point out that uh, it's not an acronym or it's not a whatever the right way around it is. But there's a great uh, acronym. I remember being told about fail. I think Ollie Stoughton told me this. Um, you know, fail is the first attempt in learning. And yeah, you know, Alistair Brownie is a great example. He had a go. He didn't succeed by the definition of getting an Olympic medal. But if his definition was, I'm willing to, I want to win a gold medal in, <laughs> in London 2012. Um, but I want to find out what it, what I need to do. He, you know, if his level of success for that individual race was see what happens you know see how far i can go i think i go 5k i think i go 6k you know his, his level of success may not have been to win a gold medal but it was certainly something along those process goal how do you get to one you know he had a first attempt in learning world stage race did really you know did did reasonably well but um you know over the next few years dominated um and so that idea of first attempt in learning is a failure and as long as you don't make the same mistakes twice or three times, you know, and as long as you, what you're doing is you're learning from it, failure is a critical part of success because you, you need, you need to push the boundaries going back to athletes, you know, how many times have coaches maybe got to a position where they get in the way a little bit and they sort of say, no, I don't think we should do that because there's a right way of doing it. I was reading a textbook and it says we need to allow this much, the ramp rate, it needs to be this, or you can't, you've got a 10% increase of increase in volume and you need to be all really careful. You know, coaches sometimes need to get out of the way to yeah, allow allow athletes to have a go uh, and you know we we've had conversations before both for and against um, you know power meters and game of garments and game, you know just just have a go you know if, if you taped over your garment you did a 10 mile time trial and you suddenly then saw um, or any any other computer um, devices are available um and you and you sat there and you uh, <laughs> you know you tried to hunt down the person in front of you you probably will have a different race uh, I know uh, G was talking about that in the um, uh, in the World Champs recently, wasn't he? So he didn't have his garments, so he wasn't able to see, uh, see how he's doing. Whereas on the flip side, um, 
the winner of the Tour de France, <laughs> happened to do quite well without any device saying how he was doing on a time trial when everything was on the line, really. So, yeah, I um, only caught up on that yesterday. So, is that fair? Are you talking about Pogger's calendar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's really, it's, uh, it's, I doubt, I, as you were talking, there, I, was, I was thinking the same thing with regards to coaches getting in the way. You know, there's a plan, there's a way of doing things. You know, like your your variability index needs to do this best bike that says that. You know, your your running parameter, your run v dot, etc. says this. You should go out this pace. This is what you've done before. But you know, I I risk is definitely a thing. I think that's you need to be willing to take risks at the time. Um, and you know the severity of those risks depends on your goals. Like the Olympics is a big thing. Yes, and therefore the risks can be severe you know the the they're pushing the nth degree of injury and illness i mean like you, you, the tour de france is a good example there's an incredibly fine line between success and darting off the edge of the cliff on your bicycle um and the, the, the sprints are just crazy um and you know what they're doing with regards to their body composition illness their um their bone density um, most cyclists, if they walked for too long, would end up with, you know, potential stress fractures because their bone density is so low to be spending so long on a bicycle. So, you know, they're, they're really pushing the, the very far reaches of things. But I think, like, some, you know, some degree of acceptance of failure or risk is, is like a, is a really important concept. But I think, you know, coming back again, or what, you know, that's going into almost like a real top end sort of conversation. I think like the risk and failure acceptance is a really important component of expectation management. And what you expect getting to that goal to look like, and also what your expectations of yourself as an athlete are based sometimes on your perception of others. And as I said a minute ago, there's a lot of influence of social media um, with regards to, you know, what does success look like? What, what does the reality of this look like? Is that, is that correct? Is that appropriate? And I think it brings into question the suitability of information that athletes come across. I know I, uh, earlier today, I was watching your, uh, your coaching profile on, on your page on the website. And you were talking about the uh, the teacher will appear when the student is ready being your thing that you like to say. Yep. But for me, I like talking about the right thing said to the right athlete at the right time. It's a slightly different way of saying the same thing, essentially. But it, it's also about the athlete looking at appropriate advice and information for the goals that are in front of them and, and sort of managing that process appropriately and you know, making comparisons to G or whoever when you're trying to just do a smaller thing. I, I, a big component of successful athletes for me is a sense of perspective. I think that's an important one. I just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I was writing down as you were when you were talking there. Um, I think the first, the first one, well, no, still. <laughs> <laughs> the, fir the first one, which I would definitely pick up on is that point of, those influences or even the people that um you kind of look up to uh be that you know your tour de france idols or be that your, your professional athletes within triathlon 
the Olympians, um, you know, they they kind of get something out from sponsors and everything else by having those, you know, a day in the life of a pro is probably not going to be the rest day. Now, it's not going to be particularly exciting footage for them. Um, you know, it's probably the most important day. And from a, an age groupers perspective, who might be time crushed and, you know, and struggling to actually fit everything in, um, you know, the rest and the recovery is where training uh, potential, if you like, or, or all that work that you've done materializes in fitness. But the athlete's never going to show that. Um, they might do some posts on Instagram uh, or Twitter or whatever other social mm. media channel that they're using, kind of saying, oh, good rest day kind of thing. And they feet up classics with a pose and ice cream or something like that. But the majority of the stuff that people will be posting will be training, partly because they don't do more resting yeah. days than they do training days. But there is just training. So there's a very easy way of getting distracted with the idea that to be successful, you need to do more. And they yeah. forget that the more isn't just what they see the very very small tip of the iceberg is if you want to do more you have to do more everything and then yeah keep on doing and that starts with the fundamentals you know your, your, your proprioception work your physio work your stability work all that kind of thing fits in if you're doing if you want to do more big training rides big training runs and everything else the rest of the stuff has to be in place again to allow that bigger peak you can't just sort of just say i'll oh, just do more training more training more training and expect yourself to to survive yeah it's 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 a funny thing as well. It's it's very difficult for it's very difficult for athletes at different levels to have the that perspective on and mindfulness as to what they're what the information they're taking in and to, to put it into some sort of framework and some sort of context. Now, I I'm thinking there about a few things that I've seen on social media recently. So like Cameron Worth did a uh, Instagram takeover for Castelli triathlon or something the day I think, I, I think it was and um it was a morning morning run with the dog uh there we go that literally that, is if on cue. literally that is uh, i said the word dog sorry sorry for that i'll make, make sure i say dog from now for now onwards um and uh then from then onwards he he then met up with chris Froome, you know for a casual easy ride as you do um and then, uh, then he went to the pool and bashed out a few lengths in, in the evening on his own. And that, that was just a standard day, which, you know, which probably is for a lot of days. But then there's other people I see where I, I remember like Lionel Sanders on YouTube and a lot of um, his videos are him smashing sessions, but an awful lot of them are him just lounging around on the couch in his comfy trousers. And I kind of like his videos sometimes for that kind of reason. I, I, it, but you wouldn't necessarily go and look at those things and you wouldn't necessarily... Uh, there's another pro um, lady at the Fanella language, and I, I noticed her and her part, her partner Billy and coach. He, there's almost a lot of videos of or pictures of her, and she's just doing things with a ferroband. And I, I kind of like that in a way because it's like, well, that's that's really honest. Just sat sat on the floor doing stuff with a ferroband, and there's there's not so much coverage of the like the other stuff. Of training and you you end up with a more balance for you but god trying to manage all of that influence how you know how hard is that well i guess if you take the idea that doing more training or hard work because let's face it most of most people get into sport because they enjoy um just feeling like they're working hard the endorphins which come out of this and everything else so if you if you kind of classify hard work as your training and you then still have to own your physio your prehab your 
preparation work, you know, your warm-ups and your cool-downs, stretching if you're doing stretching, you know, rolling and everything else, you know, that, that all consists of it. And, and in many instances, that's where your mental toughness needs to go. You know, your mental toughness is about being, you know, we can define it in whole different different ways. But most people think that mental toughness thing is, you know, I really struggled in the that last sort of third of the, the bike leg on an Ironman, or I couldn't really focus on the last little bit of a, of a you know, an Ironman marathon yeah. or triathlon run or whatever it was. Yeah, but if you've got the mental toughness to spend ages doing the work that you need to do to make sure that you have the, the body to be able to do the races that you want to do and to the ability that you want to do, then you're going to find that the mental toughness exists because it, it's a lot harder to say, I'm going to sit down and watch TV and do some theraband work than it is to say, I'm going to sit down and watch TV and recover. <laughs> it's, it's just a harder thing to be able to put together. So that's where real mental toughness, I think, comes into it. Mm-hmm. The, the perspective thing is interesting as well. So getting those things done is really important, but I think there's also an acceptance of, like you can be inspired by a lot of professional athletes or, or any athlete and do it like achieving anything. It could be somebody within your local club or a friend or, or whatever who, who you really look up to. And they can still be, you know, you, you could see what they do and think, you know, that's really, really hard. But and there's another, the, the other thing with uh, getting from A to B, if you like, in terms of where you are to where you would like to be, is knowing like what that B looks like. So, and that can be in terms of somebody who's already done that. So sometimes like having an appropriate role model is really useful. I think that's something we're robbed of a little bit of this year because of the lack of club activity. Like I can speak personally, but also for athletes, they, you have rivals and local rivals, people that you see all the time, and they can be detract, detracting and distracting from what you're supposed to be doing in your sessions sometimes. But if somebody's you know 10 seconds ahead of you in the local park run, and you think, oh, if I could just follow them, that's that's kind of useful. They're the person you should look up to because they're only 10 seconds away. So they're really useful. You can still be inspired by Kipchoge. Like, why not? Like, absolutely. But it needs to be understood that what Kipchoge does is, you know, <laughs> I think most people understand, but obviously what he's doing is kind of, you know, rather out there, even, even, um, even if you don't. Like, yeah, even if you deduct the influence of his trainers, um, it's still amazing. Um, so I think like kind of that mindfulness and perspective is 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 really important in success. But but also if you're getting from A to B, it's not something that happens in overnight. I know so, you said once before, you know, oh, they, those people over there, you see the the snapshot and especially in the sports which maybe you don't normally watch so let's just say the olympic um olympic swimming or you know that comes on tv or gymnastics or you know the sports which you don't usually spend time watching and you know if you're not involved in it be that everyone becomes a wimbledon expert usually in the early part of the summer and someone's oh wow you know they made that serve or shot look effortless mm-hmm. you i think i'm sure it's you said to me said uh, recently you know, no one's seen them fail before no one's seen the hours of practice which went in to pull off that split second move or that race when in swimming which lasted less than a minute you know no, no one spent the time watching every single one of those things to see how easy they made it look in that split second because it takes a long time to get to that level 
And so watching your idol in your club, who's the fastest swimmer or the fastest person in your lane or the person who's just ahead of you in your lane, you know, they make it look so effortless. Well, they've probably just done a bit more training on it there and they've done a bit more work in it. They've done a bit more time. They've learned more about the whatever it is. They, they understand themselves. They've done some work on flexibility. Whatever it is they've done to get there, they're just a step ahead of you. Or, or, they've, or they've had a go a few more times and failed a few more times and learned a few more lessons. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think, so picking up your point on influence, and you've mentioned obviously people looking forwards, which is what most people do. But I think it's also important as uh, you know, successful athletes, and you start saying, this is what I'm going to do, and you start doing it, you're already bettering yourself. Um, you know, it's, there's no, you wouldn't sit there and go, I'm going to do this, this is my measure of success if I can you know, walk a, uh, I don't know, walk 100 meters if you're running 5k. That's not really successful. You do that as part of your warm-up. But if you're setting yourself a goal, you're going for it, you're achieving it, and you've then been successful, you're inspiring, you're bettering yourself, and therefore you're actually also inspiring the people behind you. So you're inspiring the people who are a few steps behind, and you're that club lead maybe within your lane or whatever it might be. You might be that person who's running sub two hours for, for a marathon and inspiring a whole bunch of people behind you. But every single person within that kind of whole ladder up to Kipchoge, they're all still inspiring the people just behind them. So I think just as a kind of a, a slight side thing, the minute you start putting yourself forwards and putting yourself out there to be successful, you're going to start inspiring people. And I think that's a really positive thing, which we shouldn't take lightly because we've all been inspired by people to do something and do something better or improve ourselves. Or, you know, it might just be oh, that person's tighter in the turns, you know, so I, I need to get faster. So I'm being inspired to make sure I have quicker tumble turns in the, in the swimming pool. Mm. And it's just little things like that. It might be, or it might be bigger things, but everyone has a chance to inspire somebody else. And we should all try and recognize that and try and help those other people do that because that's what pushes us forward, but also pulls the other ones up as well. So what does it take to be a successful athlete? Well, I think the one area we haven't really touched upon, and I think we should spend a couple of minutes just talking about it, mm. is creating the environment to allow you to be successful. Because it's all very well and good saying, I want to be a successful, um, successful athlete, but you need to be in a position that you can. And again, that might come down to, 10 years time I can be that success that measure of success but at the moment I can't you know let's just say you're um you're trying to pay off a whole bunch of student debt and you're trying to do um you know trying, trying to pay off your rent and you're trying to do a few other things um yeah now may not be the time to be focusing on trying to do Olympic qualifiers but if that's where you want to go it, there needs to be a route forward so a, a large part of being a success, successful athlete is facilitating the environment to allow that to happen and, yeah. and creating that environment. And that might be surrounding yourself with um, the right people, getting yourself the right coach. It might be putting yourself in the right squad environment or whatever, which helps you go towards that goal. Yeah. So I sum up the conversation so far, I'd say the first part that we were talking about is kind of affects commitment and purpose. There's a link with a lot of what we just spoke about in terms of influence perspective mindfulness is all about sort of noise control because there's a lot of noise and things that can affect the affect the journey as you go along um and that's all distraction to some degree like if you if you have real trust 
in in the process and you just get on with the doing and that's kind of what getting on with the doing is kind of what you're talking about in terms of having a conducive environment and i think routines so i think when we start to talk environment people start to think about high performance center i need a 50 meter swimming pool in my backyard um you know, I need I need to have a video camera set up in my 50 meters swimming pool in my backyard, and you know, obviously that's not realistic. But there are some much smaller things that are really practical within your environment, and that's what we're really talking about. It's about it's about um, being organised to with your nutrition on a daily basis, so that when you leave work, you're you're ready for a session in the evening. It's about making sure that you're um, you're any devices that you have are charged making sure that you haven't got a flat tire making sure that you've got a spare inner tube if you do have a flat tire and all those little hurdles and bumps in the road and again those are failures that we can have i mean i've definitely had it where i've been short of an inner tube and i've had a flat tire normally lucky i've had another wheel that i could put in um but you know that we've all done it when that that kind of thing's happened and it's got in the way but all of those things come through experience and it's a again it's about it's about creating the appropriate routines and environment for whatever your goal is if the barrier to your training or completion of the the sort of the doing part of things is getting to the swimming pool like have your swim kit in the car so if you happen to be going past you can kind of get to the pool or your commute becomes part of your training obviously there are you know lots of different tiers in terms of what these environmental things are but fundamentally i think the environment improvement is about removing barriers to getting it done yeah i think that's that's right. I think that organization piece and time management piece is is really good. I think I, I've seen and had conversations with athletes. And one of my favorite ones is when you get an athlete saying, oh, well, it's raining outside or the weather is really bad. And, I, and it's one of you're going to sit there and you kind of go, well, get a coat. exactly. If that's sort of an organization, a personal athletic admin, I call it, call those sort of things like your warm ups and everything else. That we, you know, if you know you have niggles, then personal athletic admin means that you make sure you stay on top of it and you look after yourself but yeah if if it's going to be bad weather we we train a race in the uk um unfortunately we can't guarantee that we're going to have lovely sunny days and actually for a lot of people that might be too hot but one of the skills that you might need is to ride in the rain and be able to hit your power numbers because if it comes race day and you can't do that you're you're going to really struggle. You're going to get distracted, going back to your point, and I think there's a Brailsford quote in there as well. You're going to get distracted by the fact that you're wet or you're cold or you, know, you won't know how to keep yourself warm on the bike um, and you won't have those skills. So, yeah, one of, the, one of those, <laughs> I guess, standard things is, well, you know, if, if it's raining, don't, don't speak to your coach about the fact that it's raining because they're not a weatherman or weatherwoman. Um, you know, I either get on with a session in its way. If you make a call that it really isn't that safe because of mm. screaming winds and the fact that it's raining and you are actually cycling through a river, then clearly there's a there's a way of maybe saying that's a little bit silly. But mm. for the most part, if it's just raining um, or it's just a bit wet or a bit miserable, then I either do it on the turbo if that's what you want to do. And if you say, well, actually, can I can have a different session because I'm going to do it on the turbo, then the session has a goal, which is trying to 
create a physiological change, maybe even a mental, psychological change in there as well, in order to achieve a set goal, which you decided is your measure of success. Well, yeah, the circle, <laughs> the circle is complete in terms of the conversation there, because, you know, if, if like I said earlier, if, if you've got that clear goal and you're working back all the way to the fact that you set that session, then that that is a, that's an important part of the process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the weather thing, oh, rant of the day. Um, I, do, I think there is to some degree some softness and kindness in there. It depends on you know, what, what your goal is. And you know, if, you, you know, if you're just trying to have fun and you want to complete something for fun, then, then it's, it, it, yeah, there is a, 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 di- a different threshold for that depending on your goals. Like if, if, you, if your goal is the Olympic Games and you're not going out because it's raining, well, you're done pack your bags change your goals because you ain't getting there but if if you want to complete your first sprint distance try very different question and but again in order to go from you know completing that first event to the top there's a spectrum and uh with all of these and like to quote every other coach in the existence of eternity it depends um so yeah, depends on the goals a little bit, but if you're working back, then that's really important. Um, and yeah, it just be, be, if getting a coat is what you need to do to get the sessions done, then that's what you do. So I, I'm, I'm trying to summarize what it is. You know, what what can what can athletes today take on from this conversation? Because we've talked around a few different points and traits that people have. And, I, and you, you mentioned waffling earlier. I, I think to kind of to answer this, you kind of have to go into quite a few different rabbit holes. And I think we've been quite good, especially for ourselves. <laughs> um, I'm not going into them. All we needed is a beer in about seven hours and we'd be um, uh, absolutely fantastic in answering all these, these traits. Um, but I, I mean, I, I've been scribbling some, some things down there. And I think if, if we can try and give some things to take or for athletes to take away, you know, what what is it that an athlete can do now to try and help themselves become more successful? Because we know success is is all relative; it's whatever their level of success is. Mm. Um, so, what can they do? I mean, the first first thing I've written down is ruthless organisation. You know, if you can be ruthlessly organised about loads of different things, so that you can roll with the punches that life gives, and it's not a problem. If, you know, you've you've dealt with those problems before they arise. You know, if you have checked pool times, especially COVID times, you know, you've got to be more organized because you need to sign up for these sort of things. Mm. You know, if you know you have three swims in the week and you know when you're going to do the swims, don't leave signing on until the day before. Make sure you do it, you know, at the first point you can try and do in order to make sure you have everything lined up and planned for the week. Make sure, as you mentioned there, that you've got your nutrition alongside that plan to allow for your, you know, your training and um, the recovery so you can do your next thing as well. But being kind of really, really organized is something which I think all of the kind of the success, successful in their own level of success athletes do, especially in the age group um, ranks, because you, you just don't have the time that the professionals have maybe to, to get away with some of that because they've got more time where they're focusing on their sport. You know, for age groupers, work, you know, there's your family life and you've got your work and then you've got your, your sport and your, your kind of your training and everything else which goes in there for, age, for um, professionals they have 
their family and their life around them, the, mm-hmm. those close people, and then their work is their sport. So they've got one less thing to worry about, one fewer things to worry about than than you would. I guess. I guess. Um, I think we've been quite good at trying to give some examples because I think that's where, as you said, in order to answer this fully, you would have to go into every single different goal and give like a different definition for this and that that's why it's really challenging because it like i say it does depend um but I, you know my i think realistic really clear you know realistic pers- like perspective on what is you know dialing that success back to what you almost do day to day in terms of what's what is really achievable so when when you when you go to do something being very clear about you know what that goal is but also what you can do in training and do the two match up i know that's the very first thing that we do with you know across the coaches within try training that we do all coached athletes what you want to do is it actually possible and then you whatever it is you know if you, if you can if you can do the work to get there just believe in yourself and be really clear about what your priorities are like for different athletes to have different priorities at different times in their lives. Like, you know, I've had, God, I, I, I genuinely lost count of the amount of times that I've had conversations about, um, like, well, for example, my wife is pregnant. I'm doing an Ironman or I'm doing this race and things like that come along in life and priorities change. And just being able to have some sort of pragmatic approach to what your priorities are and being able to, to maintain a sense of perspective when it comes to decision making, but also how you reflect on things. Like, you know, if, if you've got other priorities, you know, I've had, had it where athletes are doing like um, world championship events and things have happened in life and how they reflect on that event has to be edited somewhat but it doesn't make them not successful because their goals have changed it just means that their sense of perspective and definition of success has changed it doesn't it's still successful because well blimey life was rather challenging this year and i think that that's a really big thing and then the only other thing is just the big thing that successful athletes do is they're clear about that and they do it well i I've got two things that I wanted to tie in. I'll tie straight on the back of that one there. I think, yeah, they're just, just doing it. And there's a, a phrase that I was having with an, with an athlete recently, which was, there's there's no excuses, but there are reasons or explanations. You know, there's a there's a really subtle difference between an yeah. excuse and a reason. If you A reason means you can understand it. And it's probably, it may not be something that you did. It may be something someone else happened, like, oh, the guy pulled out and... I went over this thing. Well, actually, you could have probably learned something from where you were positioning on the road. But there's a reason as to why this happened. You can probably do something to fix it. The minute you start making excuses to why something happened, you've got no hope of it being successful because you're starting to put blame onto something. And it's there's that losing of the cool logic and understanding. Yeah, um, there's, there's also a thing there. I don't think we've really mentioned this, is what's within and outside of your control excuses are within your control reasons are outside of your control would be my definition of that like and that's why i say going back to that environment thing 
like you know, reasons are like barriers. Like your pregnant yeah. uh, wife, or you know, that that's going to that's the reason as to why things have changed. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's completely understandable, like you say. And there, there's you know that's a life choice to some degree, and you know that's a decision that you've made and you've been like you've done something about. Um, and but but also with things that occur to you, I I got a puncture on one ride. Um, I repaired it. I I got I had a slow puncture. I didn't know about my tire was flat for the next one. Where it's like, oh okay right. Well, if you're a novice to that, then it's kind of like well when you get one spare, like have some patches to hand or have a or go get a spare straight away. Like be you you be aware of that going forward, and therefore you would make that change in terms of your equipment to remove that barrier to you getting the session done. It, little things like a spare set of goggles right with you know for Af a, a really good tip for that is have a pair of race goggles that you use for a year that you look after um and then have a, a keep that and then use them as training goggles going through the winter but don't throw away the old set just keep them just in case just in case a set of exactly. goggles is much better than a snap spare of goggles even if they're old <laughs> yeah it doesn't um, yeah <laughs> the, the other thing which i was going to say uh, leaning into something you were talking about a little bit earlier um about um, kind of, I guess, we're sort of looking into decision making, and I think that one trait of a successful athlete, which you see as well, is informed decision making with patience, because it's very easy to get hot-headed and make poor decisions in the moment or for whatever reason. You know, it might be you desperately want to do this Ironman and you're trying to fit a hundred things in, and it's just not going to work. And actually, if you're patient and you spend an extra 12 months going for the following year then it's going to work and i know with myself as a as a as a coach you have conversations with athletes that conversation around patience is something which does keep on coming back quite often it's like well we talked about the goal the 10 years to olympic games or 10 years to your first race or whatever it might be that you know just be patient and with that level of patience you then bring in an informed decision because you can make a decision which is actually the right one rather than a this is what I need to do because logic says something else, but I still need to do it. And it's no, 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 that's, that's not a successful athlete. Even when you see them going hard on the bike, when they go for something or they make a, you know, we talked about risk taking earlier, it's an informed decision and a calculated risk with a determined outcome. And yeah. they are being patient. And I think that that patience and being able to make decisions around it mean that whatever that is a risk or otherwise you, you can, you can make good decisions and, and good athletes have that or have learned yeah. how to have that I, I, the word that you, we talk about patience a lot and i think there's a really easy assumption and i think a lot of people would make this assumption that we're also talking about pragmatism and the lack of emotion and it's not that an athlete needs to be pragmatic or an athlete needs to lack an emotion i think it's that athletes need to have a degree of emotional intelligence and that comes with experience as an athlete as well. It comes with experience of anything. It's really hard when you're doing something for the first time to, to, to behave like the experienced person because you, you, don't, you don't have the perspective. And the perspective helps with benchmarking things as to how serious they are. It's very like, true having a puncture for an experienced athlete on a ride is, is well, well it's a puncture but for somebody on their first ride it's a disaster 
my ride is over. I've got a puncture. That is the end of the world. And, and it is to that person. But And that's where I think that perspective comes in. And I think that's where the experience and going down those burrows and failing, like in order to know what a puncture is like, you kind of have to have one. And you need to know how you're going to respond to it. And you need to know how that feels. And But also you need to overcome it. So to some degree, like athletes who are successful need to be prepared to fail, but then to keep on going, to keep on, keep on going, keep on going. There's a whole conversation about grit, which is um, a fascinating read if you haven't. (laughs) Well, I think, I think like emotional intelligence as well is not, you know, we talk, it depends, comes up loads in coaching conversation. Patience comes up loads in conversation about you know about athletes and coaching but like emotional intelligence is not something that's commonly spoke about but it's so how you develop and foster that like athletic emotional intelligence um i think age groupers often bring that from other aspects of their lives and some athletes bring it and transfer it more easily other athletes find that more difficult other athletes don't bring it at all um, and we're, we're all on some sort of spectrum of experience and ability in that aspect as well. So, one yeah, thing. I, sorry. sorry, that's a bucket of worms. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, there is a bucket of worms, but one thing I wanted to pick up on on that, which we have sort of ignored, and you mentioned, um, is that to be you know, one of the traits of these successful athletes is that they're passionate about what they're doing. You know, that, and that I think is really important because people love it. Um, you know, there's a reason that Federer still loves playing tennis and is still at the top of, you know, his game. And he's you know, <laughs> a lot later than many other people thought was um, was possible for tennis players. Um, mm. You know, there's, there's a reason that the Brownies are so successful. Um, and it, it comes down to the fact that they love what they're doing. They're passionate about it. And so we we sort of talked about these athletes as the robotic and I think we both would agree that they, they need to be able to make those decisions. They need to be able to do all these traits and everything else. They'd be super organized and they also be pretty passionate because <laughs> if you don't love swimming, then you're probably not going to want to get up five times a week or how many times the, the brownies are getting up to go swimming at 5am or whatever it is. You, you've got to enjoy what it is and you've got to be passionate about it and i think that with that passion means you can then celebrate when you are being successful or when you're making good steps forward uh you know bringing those emotions in but maybe at the right time yeah that they're, they're all part of it it's 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 how you respond to them i think it's how you reflect and evaluate on these things as well as they come along um and going going full circle, like back to the start, if you like the clarity of purpose, like has a really big impact on, on well, I guess how you judge yourself in those in those instances. And I think sometimes, uh, I think uh, uh, as you go through that experience, a lot of athletes will definitely definitely recognise where they've made excuses, because I think we all do it sometimes. That's that's part of it, but then the successful uh, athletes, I guess, are the ones who you know, move, learn from that, move through it, develop to the next step and carry that experience forward. And I think, I think determination and to some degree, bloody mindedness that comes to Stubbornness comes definitely plays a big yeah, part. Like, you, yeah, you notice like, the good athletes because they, they kind of, they just keep on wanting to try and get it right. 
they want to yeah, yeah, yeah. keep on they just keep have another go you say that fail type thing comes into it um it's resilience yeah exactly because uh, you know how many times do you hear afterwards when athletes finish a race they tell you oh it's really tough and you know it's really hard here and oh the wind was really tough and it was the toughest day out ever and it's never been such a harder day of the course and we love that that's sort of why we do the sport you know kind of people go and do endurance events to endure not to well, maybe to enjoy but you know <laughs> it's in the name we, we we do endurance events because of the endurance aspect of it and so um yeah we, we've got to embrace it very so, very philosophically i i'd also heard there's a degree of curiosity so you know almost like i kind of like thinking about these things about you know slightly more historically as well i think a lot of people who are involved in sport are the people who are likely trying to walk up mountains before we walked up mountains there is an element of because it's there and you know in terms of the the, the quote from uh Hillary intending isn't it why did you climb up Everest well because it was there and I think there's a certain amount of well moving the goalpost for athletes is thing when you get to one goal it's like well if I did that what now and it's like the ability to take those goalposts and just keep progressing them and, them. yeah so it's like ambition but it, it's not necessarily ambition and being like the, this incredibly driven person it's just a, a mixture of curiosity and belief and and wanting to have a go oh, I wonder yourself, yeah. yeah challenging yourself essentially yeah um i i think we're probably nearing the end of this conversation we we could go i have written five or six other areas and topics which we might have to cover at some point in the future but <laughs> until that area uh until that time I wonder if how, we would, you, how would you one one sentence summarize the whole conversation that we've just had? Well, I'd say I, I wonder if we'd actually them and answered the question of what makes a successful athlete. Well, we're about to now, so if you're <laughs> watching this now, sorry, you could have fast forwarded the past uh, however many minutes and moved to probably an, an hour, I think. Um, for me, um, really simple: what makes a successful athlete? In a sentence, somebody who clearly defines their goals, trusts in the process follows the process achieves their goal there's, there's the only difference between wanting to do something and doing it is doing it yeah i think that that pretty much summarizes that as well as i'd want to say it as well <laughs> you've rendered me speechless alan how about that so uh, lifetime's ambition achieved. I think I've just you are now successful, myself. Alan. There we go. Done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's right. As you say, come if you if you want to do it, go and do it. Stop telling me about going to do it or wanting to do it. And the it's it's great having these goals, but the hard work comes. You have to do the hard work in all aspects of that, from the boring stuff, the small stuff, as well as the big stuff. Um, if you want to be successful, define it. Go away and do it. Um, and I think with that comes in that's the self belief that um, kind of there's a mental mental side of that. But you know, look look into just trying to get it done. It's, there's <laughs> there's nothing else to it really. It's it's just you have you have to do the hard work. You have to do the difficult bits. We talked around some great key buzzwords and areas and topics and stuff, but it is it is fundamentally on you. People can help facilitate it, but you have to drive it. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting because it's very difficult. I say very general. I think it'd be really interesting to have some specific questions from athletes on this subject. 
Well, as always, if people want to, to leave a comment um, and question, we'll definitely get back to you uh, with specific uh, questions. I mean, from a coaching perspective, I wanted to be successful at doing my first whatever or achieving this or qualifying for that or winning my whatever. Very easy, <laughs> very easy conversations for us to have because, of course, that's what we do. We kind of help go towards that. We know where the, where the parameters lie and what needs to happen. How we get you to go do that is obviously the fun part. Um, and that's different every single time. So with that lovely bombshell note, we'll um, we'll pause we'll pause that today. Um, Alan and I are probably going to carry on com this conversation <laughs> for for a long time coming. But um, thank you very much for watching, everybody. Uh, next time, uh, you need to double check what it is next time. Um, I think it's uh, how how you can become. I think it's, it's to do with coaching again, obviously, but I think more specifically how how to improve your kind of coach athlete relationship um, off memory. But um, Hope you all enjoyed that. If you do have any questions around what makes the traits of a successful athlete or additions you want to make or, you know, just raise it. I think it's a really interesting topic uh, and worth uh, worth continuing at least uh, raising new lines of conversation is always good and get people talking about it. Alan, thank you very much for your time again this evening. Uh, it was uh, good fun. I enjoyed that. And thank you very much, everybody, for joining in and we'll see you next time. Good night. The Believe Strive Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at trytrainingharder. Thanks for listening.